0: Jesus. Help this heart, Lord. Help this heart. Help this heart, Lord Jesus. Help this heart to repent. Help this heart to seek you. Help this heart to look for you. Help this heart to look for you. Help this heart to pursue. Help this heart to seek your standards. Help this heart to seek your precepts. Help this heart to seek your lines. Help this heart to seek your seek your status in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, we ask, Lord, visit all source this. Visit us this evening in the name of Jesus. Grace, grace, grace to hear, grace to do, grace to hear and grace to do. Grace to hear and grace to do. Help us today in Jesus'
1: name. Father, we ask for all trans this evening. Help us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Jesus. Ah, thank you, Lord. Before
0: we move ahead, I would just like to do. A little recap, just a little recap, not too long. I don't know if anybody just wants to share um what really blessed them last week. Just um, I don't want to call names, don't force me. I will not call names. Praise God.
1: Praise Jesus. Does anybody want to just share? Yeah. Praise God. Does anyone want to share? Praise God. All right, my brother. Thank you very much. Please.
2: Good evening, Good evening, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, sir. I, I think I will just sh- shortly just um, say what I remember that really blessed me. Um, I know we talked about repentance and we defined different um we defined repentance. Um and then we looked about we looked at um at um, those different um um I don't know if I don't know if it's reasons now, but um basically the one that stuck out to me was that repentance is is a continuous work. It's something that we yeah. need to keep doing. And um it's something it's, it's something that you need to do. Um, we spoke about it from a perspective of light or, or from preaching. Basically, every time we hear preaching, the heart attitude we should have it should be a repentant heart. And then um, I think one thing that really st- struck out for me as well was, you know, the concept of that strong man um, that you can't actually take a house if a house of a strong man unless, you know, you're actually stronger than the you need something stronger, basically. And that's what the word needs to do to us. And that's why you know it's important, you know, to pay attention to teachings so that we can have more equipment to be able to deal with our infirmities. Our yeah. So that was really um profound last week for me to and it really blessed me. Thank you, sir. Thank you very
1: much.
0: Really listened. So that was quite quite um explanatory. Yeah, any other person before I move on? I want to leave. It Hi, sir. Time. Oh, yeah, yeah, please go on, go on, go
1: on. Thanks. Hi, sir. Um,
0: what really blessed me from last week's teaching is, um, the when we fall, when we commit sin, especially due to thoughts, that it's like what really blessed me is when you said, like, um, the, the thoughts that we receive is God's word that's supposed to hold those thoughts. And to fight against those thoughts. And what really blessed me is that sometimes, you know, there are some habits that we have that we have to continuously repent. But with with the word, with the word, where you consistently use the word, and when you continue to grow more and more, that those thoughts will start to drop one by one. I believe that's what really blessed me, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Sister I I saw your hand. You can talk now.
3: Good evening, sir. Yes,
0: ma'am.
3: Um, I just wanted, I'm not really summarizing, I just wanted to say one point that stuck out to me from last week, um, where you were talking about how repentance is our soul that's repent, continuously repenting, and it comes um continually as a result of hearing um God's word. And um, so you you use the example of um with us, for example. Uh, what stuck out to me was when we were talking about, um, you mentioned that the, our, our attitude to hearing God's word when um, sin in us is pointed out, should be one of repentance and not condemnation, but because of um, how we were when we, when we were in the world, how um, much our soul has died. Um, by default, when we hear word of righteousness, when we hear God's word by default, it's like our attitude is immediately Condemnation, um, but that's not the right heart, heart attitude to have towards repentance and um, word of righteousness.
1: Yeah, I can actually remember that. that um, I was saying that, um, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I remember that when I was explaining that um, that many times because the
0: repentance foundation of repentance from dead works. Has not really been established when we move into world of righteousness, when the Lord starts bringing us into the world of righteousness, which is the meat and the strong meat of the word. Praise God. Because repentance from dead work is the milk of the word. But if we are not established properly in it, by the time the Lord starts moving us into the world of righteousness, which is the strong meat and strong meat of the word, what will happen is that our uh, approach will be condemnation not repentance. So anytime the, the word of God begins to address flesh and start addressing our infirmity, one um, thing I notice is that instead of we being griefs, grateful and repenting, we enter more into condemnation and offense. So that's why the, the foundation of repentance from death work must have been established, should have been established, so that by the time the Lord starts moving us into deeper things, um, the approach will not be condemnation. The approach will be, will be repentance. And that's actually very, very important because I noticed, I've i noticed that too in a, amongst us that I, the reason why some people get offended is because of the wrong attitude towards the word. And I, either I we like it or not, the word of God, the word of Christ is called a, the Bible calls Christ a rock of offense. But it's not me that it's not us that is supposed to offend. It's supposed to offend the darkness in us. Praise God, um, Christ is supposed to come out, launch assault to the darkness in us, uh, not me getting offended in Him. But sometimes, many times, sometimes we get offended in Him because of our wrong heart attitude. If we don't, we have not been. If the foundation of repentance has not been laid, the when the word of God begins to address. Core soul issues. The problem is that the approach we are going to have is going to be uh, on uh, not not repentance but condemnation. And I also mentioned last week that the season when the Lord starts bringing you into meat and strong meat of the word, uh, which is what of righteousness. What will happen is this: like what will happen is that season is a season of consistent correction. Is, but there was a season in my life when I just started listening to a um, reverend. He's like, is like, I was the only one Holy Ghost was talking to. I wake up today, there's something to correct. By evening, they are correcting all that. By the next morning, they are correcting all that thing. Before you know it, they're opening another infirmity again. And I'm just wondering, like, am I the only one the Holy Ghost is visiting? But it's just a season. Because at that point, Righteousness is being exposed to us. There's an exposition of righteousness. And once righteousness has been exposed, there's no way to not address or begin to expose our own righteousness. Now, the, the, the safe ground is the foundation of repentance. Once the foundation of repentance has been laid, the way we will respond to that season will be different. Praise Jesus. The way we are going to respond to that season Will be totally different because now the we will we'll start seeing we we'll start seeing the, the advantage of that season rather than seeing a disadvantage. Praise Jesus! So that's the that's the reason why the foundation of repentance of dead work must be properly laid to a believer. A believer must must have that heart configuration of repentance. At a very early stage, so that when deeper things are coming, when it's being instructed in righteousness, you know the day, the day, in a, the day we got born again, righteousness was imputed. But a time will come, Holy Ghost, to start instructing us in righteousness. That's the essence of the Scriptures, or the essence of doctrine. Essence of doctrine is to reprove, to rebuke, and to instruct in righteousness. You see, those are the essence of the scriptures. Those are the, that's the essence of doctrine. So by the time they come, we come to that season where we have been instructed in righteousness, one thing that will happen is that because of the proper art posture, we will actually receive that season properly. Praise Jesus. So that's, that's actually the reason why we need to pay attention to this teaching, so that the Lord can help our hearts with the the heart posture towards that season. Because I'm not going to lie to you, sometimes this season of our life where the Lord begins to instruct us in righteousness might be a little tough in some sense because sometimes it might just feel like, sometimes it might just feel like everything is wrong with you. There's always a season in our life that by the time the Lord starts visiting us, Holy Ghost starts visiting us and bringing correction, we just look and see there's everything wrong with you You are not good. There's nothing good about you. Every single time is always a mistake and infirmity being exposed from year and year. There's a season where in in one season of your life, just look as if every single time the Lord is pointing to your mistakes, you know. And it might be very, it might be a very tough season if the foundation of repentance has not been laid. The reason why that season is there is so that we we can start changing quickly. I noticed that that was the season that I grew the fastest. And thank God that God we had, we had spent time spending time with Agin so much, reading Kenneth Agin's books. So when that season came, one thing that happened is that when that season came, we were, God helped us to be so quick to repent. And before I knew it, we grew, I grew so fast. All of us grew so fast. I remember I, the closest friends I had then were Pastor Jeff, Pastor, Bukume, um, we're just four of us, praise God, just four of us that were just praying together, spending time together, teaching ourselves the word. Um, And I noticed that we grew so fast because we had a very good foundation and it was easy for us to correct ourselves. It was so easy for us to correct ourselves that we could just point out before we were always very blunt with each other, very blunt, and God helped us then. We were very blunt with each other. And I noticed that God visited us then and we grew so fast. God helped us to grow because the heart attitude, because of the heart attitude then that God gave us, is not by power, it's not by mind, but is a, a training the Lord can infuse inside us. Praise Jesus. Um, I want to appreciate those that contributed. And um,
1: I, I'm really, really encouraged because. It showed that people were really listening. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir.
0: Uh. Thank you, Jesus. So we move to the second page today. We didn't really move far last week. and um, I, I don't intend to rush. Um, let's Let's take our time, please.
1: Because we might think, oh, repentance is a very simple topic, but the way it's opening up now, you know that verse as simple as think. <laughs> praise God. Um, praise Jesus. D, we started from um, so
0: last week we we also laid emphasis on the fact that uh, repentance is from dead works, like literally as it is, dead works. Those things we are repenting from are works that has been done inside. So it's not just because I did something and I'm now repenting. You see, the mistake we make is that we always feel like, okay, we've cap- we only narrow down to the action we did, but that action was, was prompted by a walk inside. Every single action emanated from a walk inside. So we can't just narrow down to just the action alone. We have to see from the point of view, of there's a work that produced that action inside. So we can't just say, yes, repentance. Once I do that, uh, once I I say I'm sorry, I move on. That's why repentance is done by the revelation of God's word. Because it's the revelation of God's word that exposes that work. Is the revelation of God's word that exposes that work, and we emphasized only yesterday that repentance can only be done by the revelation of God's word. Repentance—that's D, uh, D. We talk on um, that's number uh, letter D. It is the soul of a believer, not the spirit, that ought to repent as the revelation of God's word proceeds. Do you get what I'm saying? So, is the revelation only the revelation of the word of God that can? Reveal the works that has been done inside the soul. Uh, the works that has been done in soul are so mysterious that um, it takes a lot of um Holy Ghost um Holy Ghost activity, Holy Ghost counsel for them to be exposed. And if I it takes a lot of spirit of wisdom and revelation for them to be exposed. So when we say repentant from dead works, it, it's, it's that you are now, the Holy Ghost will reveal a certain mannerism inside us that is ungodly. And we will now start turning away from it. So that's why repentance is not just the, the, the it's not just the I'm sorry alone. If repentance starts with the I'm sorry, Lord, God, I'm sorry for doing this. The state of that of saying, I'm sorry, repentance starts from there. But that's not the end of Repentance. Repentance is actually the act of turning away by changing the heart posture and changing the art, the, um, the perspective in which you are seeing life from. So really, really, I'm saying I'm sorry, but really, we really, have not seen a reason why I should stop it. Repentance has not really happened. Until I start seeing a reason why that thing needs to stop. Until I begin to see why I need to stop doing what I'm doing repentance really, really has not happened. That's why the revelation of God's words must be involved in repentance. Because I can say, God, I'm sorry, but really, really, if you check my heart, if, if, I, if you ask me, why do you feel like you should stop doing this thing? I can't really tell why I need to stop it. Then really, really, I will not be stopping that thing. I will not really stop it because there's, I, I can't really give a real, a, a real reason I can't really point to a reason why I need to stop it so that's why the only, the only, the only um, instrument that can actually foster true repentance is the revelation of God's word that's why I'm very I'm, I always emphasize to many of our brethren here and even many of our people in church I emphasize to them that you can't afford not to give yourself to the scripture and be conversant with the word of God. Because the Bible says the word of God is like a mirror. He exposes our infirmities. He exposes our, 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 our spots. He exposes everything in us. The, the Bible, the scripture, or, and the revelation of the scripture is actually an exposition of our darkness. Because went, by the time you read Scripture, anytime time the Scripture opens up to us, we always see our lack. Because you see, some, you see a mannerism in the Scripture, but we can see ourselves that we are not carrying out that mannerism yet. I, any mannerism I see in the Scripture that is not in my life, immediately I see it, it means that it's, it's being presented to me that, okay, yes, now that you are seeing it, it's an expectation now. And... Since it's an expectation, it would take turning away from a certain mannerism to actually agree. Turning away, it, let me use this word. You have to first agree with that revelation of the word before you can turn away from the mannerism or the infirmity or the, uh, the weakness that the Lord is addressing. I cannot, the, when the word of God comes to me and I don't agree with it, there's no other, why would I, why would I? That means I can't really repent because what am I repenting into if I don't really agree with what the Lord is saying? That's why the Bible says, shall two walk together except they agree. So if the Lord brings the revelation of the word to me and I don't agree with it, then we are not giving God room to do his work in us. That's why it has to come with the revelation of God's word. And when we come, when the revelation of God's word come and we agree with it somewhere in our heart, God helps us to agree with it, then that's where the, um, the, the, the grace for turning will come. Grace for turning away. So turning away is actually making decisions that would disengage us from any work that Satan has done in the soul. So when the revelation of God's word comes, and we agree with it, and we have the attitude of repentance towards it. One thing that will happen is that the Lord will start instructing us on how to, how to turn away from it. He will start in giving us contradicting instructions, instructions that contradict that certain work. So any man that's truly true as repentant will start, we start, we start yielding to those counsel from the Holy Spirit. That's actually true repentance. You start re- re- responding to those, um, those counsel that the Holy Ghost is bringing. That by the time we yield to it, it will start on turning a walk. To start turning, turning a walk, it will start, it's like it's, um, it's, uh, a, a work that has been done, it's been undone. To start undoing that work. By the time we are yielding to those counsel, it is undoing something inside us. That is actually true repentance. So repentance must come a commensurate action, will always follow repentance. That's where I'm going. A commensurate action that was that is or that is given by the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. will always follow repentance. Sometimes it might not be a physical action, sometimes it might just be a heart, a heart, a heart, um, a change of perspective, a change of heart posture. A, a change of uh, mindset, you know, uh, a renewal, a, a, certain, a, a certain adjustment of the heart. Sometimes that's just what it is. But first of all, there's no way we can see it except the word of God is revealed. Praise God. Let's move to E. Praise Jesus. Wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. So we thank God that we're able to make some emphasis on that last week. And
1: God, he really, really helped us. Now, repentance from dead work
0: is not something a believer should try to work out by himself, praise God. We are still saying the same thing here. You know, there's, um, there's, this, um, there's, there's this way that a man can actually, uh, because he wants to stop doing something, he will now arrange his own uh, commandment for himself and say, this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't know, this is what I will do and this is what I will do and this is what I will do. By the time I finish doing this, the Lord will know that I've repented. No. Because the work that has been done in the heart, we don't even know, we don't even know how that work was done. The only person that knows how that work was done is the Holy Ghost. So he's the only one that knows how to undo that work. I've noticed that there are some things I overcame in my life that I used to, there's a certain way I felt like if I do it, there was a time in the past that I just felt like there are some some habits that I wanted to overcome and I just thought it's fasting and prayer. That once I fast and I pray like this, it's just going to, so I did dry fast, They did not go anywhere. In fact, there was one habit that I was struggling with that in the middle of the fast, I did it. In the middle of the past, because I thought fasting and prayer will solve the problem. But in the middle of the fast, I, end up, I saw myself doing the same thing. So you realize that fasting, as good as fasting and prayer is, it might not be the solution to it. It might not be the solution to it. The only ghost is the one that knows the way that work was done. Praise God. The only ghost is the only one that knows how that work was intertwined in us. How that sometimes, uh, sometimes you might think that uh, um, it is one certain way it will go. Let me give you an example now. Maybe you have this habit of telling lies. You just have a habit of telling lies. You see, you're a great liar,
1: or like Pastor Sassi you say you're a liar. Praise God. You see, but You might think that
0: is um, you making your being, uh, you trying your best not to tell a lie.
1: Or reminding yourself not to lie, that will stop you from lying. Sometimes it might not be like that. You might try
0: and try and try to remind yourself not to lie. Some people, it's not even, it's not even, some people can lie so much that they've said they will not lie. But when they enter into that situation, The natural configuration of the mind is configured to lie. Even when it is not necessary to lie, they still find themselves lying. You see, so that kind of thing, uh, you might think that, okay, I need to, from today, you you paste it on your wall. You paste it on your wall, today I will not lie. You paste it on your fridge, today I will not lie. You paste it everywhere in your house, I will not lie. You know, it doesn't mean that you will stop lying. Right in front of those things you face, you can still tell another lie. Praise God, because lying can be a walk inside. But, but sometimes it might just be that the Lord will just tell you, ah, go and spend the week with one of your friends and encourage yourself. Encourage, encourage yourselves. And before you know it, by the time you get back, you just notice that that spirit of lying has been lifted. Or the Lord can just tell you that you're going to spend the time with, yourself, time with your pastor or go and talk to your pastor. And you'll be wondering, like, what is talking to my pastor going to do with this? And you just notice that it is that leading, that that spirit will just be lifted away from you. And you wonder, like, God. So, really, really, you can't really um, assume
1: the solution to an infirmity yourself. You can't assume a a, a solution to an
0: infirmity yourself. He's the only ghost that knows how Satan did that work in the soul. And he's the only one that can give counsel on how the re- repentance should be done. Praise God. So, you see, so that's why, that's why you can't just, you can't, you can't, you, uh, you can't just, some of us will just say that I, I need to walk out, you know, and some people will go and arrange tribulation for themselves because they want to change. You can't arrange tribulation for yourself. It's the only ghost that arranges the a, a atmosphere. The Holy Ghost will arrange the atmosphere for you. And he knows the work that needs to be done to undo Satan's work. That's why sometimes you just have to, even though we are saying God, we are sorry, sometimes we are waiting for the counsel inside. We are waiting on the Holy Spirit. We are praying to the Holy Spirit that oh, God help me. So you will see that repentance is a mercy operation. And it takes dependence on the Holy Ghost to truly, truly Repent. Um, that says that it is something that God, in His mercy, works out in us. In His mercy, so it has to come to a. We have to come to a place where we naturally just ask for help from God. God, I'm struggling with this thing. Teach me how to overcome it. Please, God, teach me how to overcome it. Sometimes you stay long in prayer. You stay long in prayer. Let me give you an example. Let me be a little vulnerable with you. Um, When I struggled with pornography a lot, I noticed that I used to think that by maybe cutting off internet or maybe I I would cut off my internet, I would not touch my phone, I would delete some apps on my phone. I used to think that, ah, that's the way to overcome it. But guess what? One way or another, I still find myself doing it even after those halves have been deleted. One way or another, I still find myself doing it even when internet has been cut off. When I, when I don't have data on my phone, I still find myself doing it. So I now realize that it's not the, the, the solution I, I arranged for myself that will stop it. So I had to, at the point, I had to just depend on the Holy Ghost that God, see what this thing needs to stop. I don't want it. Come and teach me how to do it. I don't know how to do this. So it's a mercy operation that only goes, we have to walk in without in us by his spirit. The, one of the ways that God used to help me to overcome it is just a season in my life. I just noticed that the Lord just directed my mind towards a certain action. Like the way, a certain way of spending time with God, reading my Bible, studying the scripture, a certain, there's a way the Lord just instructed me to start to posture my heart towards the word. And before you know it, that I was consistent in it, I noticed that it started reducing. It started reducing. It started reducing. Until a point I can, I can go a whole six months. I did, not even, I did not even remember that. I was struggling with it. So, really, really, when it comes to repentance, it's not something that. Uh, it is something the Holy Ghost Himself works inside us, and the, the action to actually undo that work is something that the Holy Ghost actually is something that the Holy Ghost Himself actually works inside us. Praise God. This it does through the revelation of His Word, and has to be a work of grace for it for it to be of God. Did you guys say, so a man cannot just repent of himself, cannot just turn away from something of himself, cannot just, cannot just begin to see that something is wrong by himself. He might not be able to see it. It takes Holy goals to actually do that work inside us. So when a, once a man starts working out repentance by himself, you start noticing that he will enter into works. And before you know, religion will set in. And that's a very dangerous place to be. That's a very dangerous place to be. Praise God. So the attitude of repentance from dead work is what what something the Holy Ghost does to us. And the counsel that comes with it is still the Holy Ghost that brings it. Praise God. How many of us have realized that there are some things that we never used to feel bad about before. Then as the word of God increases, we just notice that we started feeling bad about it. There's a way I used to talk before. I thought I was blunt. I'm just blunt. And I just tell people that no, it's not because it's not no, you don't just like hearing the truth. You don't like hearing the truth. And I would tell people, they would tell me, no, you don't have to say it that way. I said, Why can't I say it that way? mean, I'm just blunt. And the time came, the Holy Ghost started revealing it to me that ah, maybe there are better ways to see this, to say this thing. Then before I knew it, I said I started remembering some of those ways I spoke with some people that really offended them. I mean, I did not see it. I just felt like I was just being blunt. And before you know it, I started feeling bad about it. I started seeing where it was wrong. I started seeing how how it can affect other people. The way I say it. It's not that what I'm saying is wrong. It's the way I say it. It's not that what what I actually say is wrong. It's the way I say it. So the Lord started revealing it to me. And I started seeing that. Wow, I must have really hurt people in the past because of the way I said this thing." because there's a better way to say it. I started feeling bad, and I started asking God for help, that God, help me. Help me to tame my tongue. Help me to be careful the way I address issues. Help me to address issues in the way that people will change, not that because I just want to say the truth. Now, one thing I now notice is that then, the reason why I just want to quickly address issues is because those people were making me uncomfortable, and I wanted, to be, and I wanted things to, to just start working out fine so that I can be comfortable. So it was self that was informing the way I used to instruct the uh, correct people then. Self was involved in it because they are doing things that made me very uncomfortable and I just wanted it to be addressed immediately. Not the, the fact that I really wanted people to change. Not really, I really wanted people to change. I just wanted things to be done properly so that my life can be easy. So I, 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 I want to quick, every time I want to quickly address an issue, I want to address it. Let me, this one needs to be addressed. That needs to be addressed. This needs to be addressed. That needs to be addressed. And you keep addressing the issue and people are getting offended. But the Lord started showing me. And before you knew it, the Lord started correcting me. The Lord started addressing issues. And before you knew it, I started turning away from it. And I started changing. I'm not saying I'm the best at correcting people now, but at least I'm better than the way I used to be. I'm sure some people are here that they are laughing on that because they knew me then. Praise God. Praise Jesus.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Yeah. Um. So F, repentance, according to biblical teaching, must be initiated as a result of having heard God's word. Let's quickly open to Acts chapter 2 verse 37. My fellow preacher, are you there?
2: Hello, sir. yes, sir.
0: Acts chapter 2 verse 37. Please read it from verse 30.
2: Let's start from verse 35. From verse 35. Um, okay. Until I make thy foes thy foes too. Mm-hmm. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know mm-hmm. assuredly that God had made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of the sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise
0: Jesus. Now, you see where that repentance, the before Peter was able to tell them to repent. What first came is the word of God was preached with power.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's why we need to pray that God, will anoint ministers that the, the power that backs up the word or the word of God. Actually, I don't like using the word of God coming back. It's okay. Sir. Uh, because the word of God himself is power. That word himself is the power. So one thing that we need to understand is that the power that is in God's word is the one that actually lands on the heart and brings the heart to repentance. When I say repentance, repentance doesn't just end in feeling bad about what you did or what you are doing. Repentance can start from feeling bad, which I said last week that you must, you should feel bad. It's okay to feel bad. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 says it. He said, said, um, Godly sorrow leads to repentance unto salvation. We'll get there. Praise God. So we should feel bad, but it shouldn't just end in feeling bad. That feeling bad should lead to decision-making. That feeling bad should actually lead to something, decision-making. So it's not enough to just feel bad. Because you can feel bad and still end up doing it again.
1: I've heard people say, I just feel bad that I did this. But that's okay. You know? But it's not okay. It's not okay.
0: You need to make a decision not to do it again. And that decision can only be prompted by the power of the Holy Ghost. There's no way a man can make a decision by himself. It's not possible. Because every, every ungodly action we do is as a result of a work that has been done inside. Either we like it or not. A walk, a, that every single action is transcending from a walk inside. So it must be initiated. It must be initiated as a result of having heard God's word. So God's word is the one that triggers the act of repentance. Praise Jesus. That's why that's why you check the entire the, the entire Bible. Every single time you read repentance is always preceded by the word of God. It's always preceded by the word of God because there's no way a man can repent. Check the Nineveh. Praise God. Have you checked Nineveh before? When Jonah went to Nineveh, he preached the gospel and preached, he preached to them and preached to them. Then after the preaching and the prophecy, they wore sacked clothes. They said even the animals fasted. Praise God. Why did they, how did they come to that point? They heard the word. They heard the word. There's a, the, the word is the one that actually triggers. That's why if a man, run, if somebody runs away from the word, it will not change. There's no way a person can change and turn away from his ways without actually the word of God, without giving attention to the word. Praise God. Another one is David. When uh, Nathaniel, the prophet, is it Nathaniel? I think so. Came to give him the prophecy. when right after he slept with uh, Bathsheba. And before you know it, the prophet started talking to him or gave him a parable. David himself said, Kai, that man should be killed. Did, I don't know if he actually forgot for God. That he did something bad. Then uh, the prophet now told him, that person is you. David repented immediately. Praise Jesus. So you notice that the word of God must come first before repentance can actually be genuine. G. Repentance brought about by the revelation of God's word to the soul does not work slash leave condemnation in the soul. I want us to spend a little time here. Praise God. It's because we need to address condemnation. Praise Jesus. What is condemnation? Let's ask. Let me ask. Um, who is here? I'm looking at Caris.
1: Caris, I want to ask you a question. Auntie Caris, good evening. Yes, How sir. How are you doing? I'm sure you knew I was going to call you today. Hello. Hello, I can't hear you. Hello. Ah, huh? voice learned. Hello, Caris. Wow. Can you hear you again? Uh okay, maybe somebody else. I can't hear you. Are you
0: saying something?
3: I can hear you, sir.
0: Ah, okay. Can you just um can you from your own definition, what is condemnation? I want you to speak, don't I? Oh,
1: okay. Can you hear me now? Sir? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, I think it's an overwhelming sense of guilt mm-hmm. that that keeps our souls in the experience as opposed to moving forward and seeing ourselves the way God sees us. So it's this like constantly beating yourself up over something you've done
0: mm-hmm.
1: and thinking that the experience of the mistake is all you are in the moment or you ever be mm-hmm. or not. And I think condemnation comes from a lack of understanding
0: of forgiveness in god really is so then the constant like mental
1: punishment i think is what condemnation is
0: wow thank you so
1: much mm-hmm. thank you thank god sir
0: praise jesus hallelujah yeah Condem- that's actually that's a very good definition mm-hmm. of uh let me ask another person um what condemnation is what it condemnation is um Sister Yana, I've seen you there. Good evening, sir. Hello, ma. Yes, sir. Yeah. Can you can you just maybe just a definition of condemnation?
1: Um is it a true definition or what we what we call condemnation? Just just <laughs> <laughs> what
0: do you call condemnation.
1: Uh, okay. I think what I used to call condemnation, I think it's similar to what uh, Sikari said, like when you feel guilty and shame and kind of beating yourself up when you do something wrong. It's that
3: sad feeling.
1: Yeah.
0: And then
3: sometimes it's kind of like you think that feeling that way will pay for the wrong you've done.
0: Yeah, thank you. I like I like the way you, you ended it that you feel like feeling that way is actually... The way God will now, that's what will now impress God.
1: Yes. And
0: you feel like you feeling that way is actually what will impress God. Actually, condemnation does not impress God in one place. Condemnation is actually um a lack is an is a state of unbelief. Condemnation is a state of unbelief. Because if we truly believe the word, we will not stay in condemnation. There's a difference between feeling bad about what you did and condemnation. I should feel bad about what I did, but not that attitude of feeling like God does not want me. I'm not good enough to be in the presence of God. I'm not uh, not the best person that God wants to see. I don't deserve the presence of God. You see, those feelings, those are ungodly thoughts. Those are ungodly thoughts. Feeling bad and saying, God, I'm really sorry. Wow, I'm so sorry I did this thing. Is okay. The condemnation is, because of what I've done, I don't deserve God's mercy. I don't deserve God's grace. I don't deserve God's presence. Now, that's evil thoughts.
1: You see, that's a difference. You can feel bad. And tell God you are sorry, and rearrange like. So, like my,
0: my son now. My son is four years old, and once he says he's sorry, it's just I don't know how he got that mindset. Once he tells me that he's sorry about something, he just believes that he can he can begin to demand things. So if he does something bad, and and he's, I don't know where he learned that and he's so good at saying sorry, like any little thing like this, if I can even give me a hug, you come and give me a title, I'm so sorry I did this, I'm so sorry. And immediately after I say sorry, and I watch pop Patrol, it will act immediately. Because as far as it's concerned, saying sorry is good enough, everything is settled. So it's time to start making demand.
1: So, somewhere, our attitude should be a child should be childlike like that. That, Like, that
0: in the, once we, once feeling bad about something, we felt bad about it, and we have repented, we should believe that because the word of God says that when you ask for forgiveness, he will forgive you. Because the word says it, not because you're feeling. There's a difference. Not because of your feeling. The feeling does not matter. The feeling can stay for a long time. And feeling is something you might have to war with for a while. But because the word of God says it, we should believe it and accept forgiveness by faith.
1: Forgiveness is by faith. Faith is agreement and trust in the word
0: of God that if this is what the word says, this is how it's going to be. Now, there are many times, there
1: are many times we have repented, but feelings,
0: our feeling did not change until after a while. But you know that feeling being there does not change the fact that God has forgiven us. And that's why the consciousness of the word must be higher than our feelings. A Christian should grow to a point where he's more word conscious than feeling conscious. The word says it that he said, if you if we confess our sin, he is faithful to forgive us. Clear statement. He is faithful. Once that word is believed, even after we say, God, we are sorry, God, I'm sorry, and we genuinely say it, not because we say it because that's what you're supposed to do after you commit a sin. I noticed something, that some people have planned the sin ahead and they have telling their mind that I will do it and I will ask for forgiveness. That is bad behavior. Some people plan their sin ahead and say that once I do it, eh, you can do it and God will forgive you now. That's bad behavior. That's evil. That one is evil. There's a difference between planning your sin ahead and actually struggling with the sin. There's a difference. Struggling is that you, want, you don't want to do it, but you find yourself doing it. But some people will plan it ahead.
1: I'll give you an example. You know. You know that uh, maybe Maybe sex before marriage is bad. You know it.
0: But really, really, maybe there's one sister that you have been high in
1: since. And the sister is now, or the brother is now giving you high. And a time just comes, you just say, ah, let me just do this thing. God will forgive me. You see that behavior is a bad behavior that
0: I will do it and God will forgive me. You see, that mindset is evil. Do you get what I'm saying? That mindset is evil because you already knew what you are going to do. Maybe at work, you did something bad and you have have the option of telling the truth or telling a lie. You now decide to tell a lie and say, after you lie, I will ask for forgiveness. That one is evil. Even though God will forgive you, but there's something in that heart that does not, that regards sin. And if you check the scripture, it says, if you regard sin in your heart, for you to, when you say regard sin, is you, 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 we, we when somebody regards sin in his heart, he, he puts sin as, um, uh, when you regard sin, is, is of, that sin is of value to you. you. A man can see that lie as the best option he has. That's regarding sin. We are placing regard on that sin. When a man sees him telling a lie at work as the best option he has, there's a regard for that sin. You are, there's a regard for that lie. And he said, if you regard sin in your heart, I will not hear your prayer. So please, if there's anybody here that is doing that thing that you know that you have the option of telling the truth or you have the option of not doing that thing and you, find, you, end, you go and do it and say, I will ask for forgiveness later. That's an evil thought and that's an evil heart. The Lord needs to correct that heart. That heart needs to change. That's a different thing entirely. But repentance is that you, you, find you, you end up doing it, you did something and you feel bad about it. Now, condemnation is one that will tell you you don't deserve the presence of God. Condemnation is what will tell you you don't deserve the presence of God. But repentance will tell you this thing you have done is bad. But go, but you will you will have the need and the grace to go and say, God, I'm sorry, and actually make a decision never to go back to it again. And that's why it cannot be done except by the word of God. So condemnation does, uh, repentance does not leave the heart in condemnation. It does not leave the heart in a place where it does not feel the, the, um, the, um, repentance does not leave the heart in a place where it feels like it does not deserve the presence of God. Repentance actually brings us back to the presence of God. Repentance will always bring us back to the presence of God. So that's why we must be careful not to stay in condemnation. Condemnation is evil. Condemnation is Satan's um say, Satan's instrument to keep us is constant, um, constant, um, constant number one, unbelief and constant uh, one thing I've noticed. Sorry, let me just use this word. One thing I've noticed about um condemnation is that. Anytime we stay in condemnation, we find ourselves doing that that thing continuously and not being able to stop it. I'll
1: give you an example. Let's say you told a lie. Instead of repenting of that lie, you stay in condemnation.
0: One thing about it is that you always have to tell another lie to cover up that last lie. Then you have to tell another lie to cover up that last lie. Then you tell another lie and you notice that you are constantly the day. the day you set yourself free, the day you tell, ah, you go back to the first lie and repent of it. You just notice that you, you are set free. That's what condemnation does. Condemnation keeps us in continuous roller coaster of repeating that same scene over and over again because condemnation is, a, is like a dark hole. It's a dark hole that you keep falling deep and deep and deep into. You keep, we keep falling deep and deep into it. We keep falling deep and deep into it until we find mercy. And by the time we won't find mercy, a lot of damage will have been done. That's why condemnation is not even a good place to stay. So if there's anybody here that you feel condemned about something, I want to let you know today that if you ask for forgiveness now, 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 as I'm teaching, just say, God, I'm sorry. And you actually make a true decision. God has forgiven you it's time to step back into the presence of God. It's actually time to step back into the presence of God and begin to fellowship again. Before you know it, you see that bad, that bad feeling you feel, sometimes after repenting, it doesn't go completely. It might stay there for a while, but once you stay in fellowship, before you know it, the feeling too will erode. The feeling will not last too long once a man is able to stay in the place of fellowship after repentance. Praise Jesus. So repentance brought about by the revelation of God's word to the soul does not work or leave condemnation in the soul. It does not leave condemnation there. So I'm saying I'm saying again, there's difference between feeling bad about what you did and condemnation. There are some times that I just remember something I did a long time ago. Maybe I spoke to somebody and I was rude to the person. Ah, I just remember I just felt bad. Ah, why did I do that? It doesn't mean that I'm in condemnation. It's just that that action, I just felt bad about that action. It doesn't mean that I'm in condemnation. But condemnation will not make you feel like because of that thing that you did, you are not good enough for God's presence. That's what condemnation
1: does. So there's different between feeling bad about an action and condemnation. So it is human,
0: sensual graceless, and dead teachings lacking the ingredient of faith that brings condemnation to the soul. Praise God. You see, it is human, sensual, graceless, and dead teachings lacking the ingredient of faith. You know, I said at the beginning, I said, condemnation is a state of unbelief. Condemnation is a state of unbelief. When you feel when you don't, you, we don't, when we don't believe the word enough that, you know, sometimes repenting, um, saying God, I'm sorry, can be so simple that you just wonder like, ah, I don't think it is good enough. Ah, just saying God, I'm sorry is enough. Sometimes it's just like you need to do something. You need to do something. So you see in, um, in the days of, um, in the days of, in the like 100 years ago, I haven't heard that as of uh, 50 years ago, some people still do. In fact, I heard that some people still do it now. That, when they commit a sin, depending on how deep the sin is, maybe they cheated on their wife or something. One thing they will do is they will now go and carry cane and flog themselves. So they will say, God, they are sorry. But the way they want to show that they are sorry is that they will carry cane and flog themselves and
1: beat themselves until blood comes out. They, they will now feel forgiven. That is religion. That is religion. That is works. That does not do anything.
0: Now, sometimes when you want to, after repenting, the Lord can lead you in a certain way. That's a a difference. There's a difference about that. That after you repent and say, God, I'm sorry, the Lord will lead you to go and maybe go and say something to the person. Maybe you offended somebody and you already said, God, I'm sorry. Then the Lord will start telling you, okay, this is how you handle this. Go and meet the person, talk to the person about this, talk to the person about that. Now, leading is different from you feeling like you need to afflict yourself to feel forgiven. There's a difference. You can be led to do something after repentance, after saying, God, I'm sorry, and repenting. There's a difference between true repentance that comes with a counsel or leading and somebody feeling like he or she needs to afflict herself or himself to feel forgiven. There's a major difference there. Afflicting ourselves to feel forgiven is an act of unbelief, and that's religion. But leading sometimes comes after repentance. And that's okay. Praise Jesus. So what the scripture here is saying, what uh, the book here is saying is that condemnation is human, sensual, graceless, and dead teaching that lack ingredients of faith that brings condemnation to the soul. Let's quickly read 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. My co-preacher, how are you? I'm fine, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Hope you have been blessed. I'm
2: very blessed, sir. Thank you so much. Second Corinthians 7 yeah, Okay. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Thank you very much.
0: Like I was saying at the beginning, I said condemnation is like a dark hole that a man keeps falling into. That falling is actually dead. So if a man stays in condemnation for too long, by the time he, by the time he comes out of it, a, dam- a lot of damage will have been done. I noticed that when we are in condemnation, sometimes we become very irrational. We feel like we need to please everybody around us. Just to feel, just to feel like because, because we did something bad, let's say we did, some, did something bad and everybody is offended with us. We now feel like we need to please everybody, do something right for everybody, for, you to, for us to feel forgiven. And sometimes we might go out of board and become very irrational with it. Now, like I said, sometimes they can be leading. That's a different thing entirely. But you see that act of feeling and fitting yourself, you know, that's worldly sorrow. It leads on to death. Because we'll keep doing something that is very irrational and unspiritual so that we can feel forgiven. But the Bible says, Godly sorrow. Let's read that scripture again,
2: please. Okay, sir. Um, my name is 2 Corinthians 7:10. For godly sorrow oh. worketh repentance to salvation,
1: yeah.
0: not
2: to be of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. The
0: okay. godly sorrow worketh repentance. On to salvation. So the end of repentance is there must be a salvation
1: that is carried out there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So did you always end in
0: a, a certain work of salvation being done?
1: Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, that godly sorrow
0: will lead to repentance. So, you see, that feeling bad that we feel after we have we committed a sin should lead us to a place where we, we go to God and ask for help. We're going to tell God we are sorry, and we ask for help on how to overcome that thing. That's our approach. That's, how we, that's what godly sorrow will lead us into. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to H. The revelation of God's word to the soul would normally birth godly sorrow. Praise God. Let's stay here, me too. Oh. So that's why I'm saying that godly sorrow is not a bad thing. You see that feeling bad, that little, that so bad feeling or that feeling like, ah, oh, God, like, you know, that there's the way we feel that we should feel after sinning. There's a way actually any, a person should feel after committing a sin. And that feeling is not a bad feeling. That feeling is not actually a bad feeling. There's a way we should feel. We should feel, we should, we should there's, a way, there's a way that that feeling will make us actually, there's a way that feeling will make us not to go back to that act again. There's a way that feeling will make us not to go back to that action again. And everybody should feel that way after doing something, after offending the spirit. Everybody should feel like that. So you see, um, the revelation of God's word to the soul would normally birth godly sorrow. This would, in turn, work out repentance in the soul, which will eventually work out salvation not to be repented of. Praise God. So you see, this... Godly sorrow, will always lead. Any sorrow we feel inside that is not leading to repentance is not godly sorrow. That's why it's called godly sorrow. A sorrow that will lead you to God. It should always work out repentance. It should, by the time we feel that way, what that feeling will be pointing us to is go back to God. Go back to God. Go back to God. Any feeling that makes you feel like don't go back to God. Don't go back to God. Don't go and meet God yet. Stay away from God. Are you sure he wants you right now? Are you sure he wants you to come close to him right now? Are you sure you deserve that his presence? You want to pray. Something will tell you that, ah, you are praying. You that you committed fornication yesterday. You are praying. What told you that God will answer your prayer? Then you start quoting quoting scriptures like, if you regard sin in your heart, I will not hear your prayer. Uh, The the uh, the prayer of a sinner will not hear. You know, scriptures like that. But those are, those scriptures, actually being misquoted by evil spirits. Because if you check that scripture, what that evil spirit is telling you is not what that scripture really means. If you check that scripture properly. So you see, Satan has a way of manipulating scripture to actually deceive us. Praise God. So you see that, that any, any feeling that makes us feel like we don't deserve the presence of God is not Godly son any godly sorrow, we always draw us back to the presence of God. Yes, sir. And at the end of the day, because of we going back to the presence of God, counsels will come that will now work out salvation. Mm. Because the, the full long repentance is followed by an action that will now turn us away. That will turn us away from, the, from that specific thing that we do because repentance is actually turning away but you can't just turn away because we don't even know how to turn we don't know how to turn we might think this is the way a person should turn but really really by the time the holy spirit visits you and it begins to counsel you on the way that sin should be dealt with you will realize that sometimes you don't even, we never had an idea of that sometimes when the Lord begins to instruct us on the way He wants to deal with an issue, you just be wondering like, this thing does not make sense. That what's the correlation between this infirmity and this cancer that the Holy Ghost is giving? Because Holy Ghost, God is the only wise God. He's the one that knows it. That's why we can't just we can't just we can't just um, we can't just um, assume that there is a certain way or a certain action by ourselves that we should do for us to actually deal with an infirmity. We can't assume it. Only Holy Ghost has the the key to an infirmity. It's only Holy Ghost that has it. So the Bible is saying that Godly sorrow leads to repentance in the soul, which eventually works out salvation. 7 Corinthians, Corinthians 2, chapter 7, verse 10, says it, that Godly sorrow works out of um, repentance unto salvation. It always end up in salvation. It's repentance will always point a man to salvation. Praise Jesus.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Uh, when repentance from dead works is practiced according to the scripture, the fruit that will be brought forth is called good works. Let's quickly go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 10.
1: Colossians
2: chapter one, verse 10. Lukeians, uh, verse 10 yeah. Okay. That he might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Praise and, God. Let's
0: stay there. Let, let, let's stay there because you will continue. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, so he says, Godly sorrow. i mean, be sorry, sorry. What, what is it again? Read it again. That he might walk worthy that the, ye might walk no, start from the beginning
2: start from the beginning. okay from verse from, from verse 9 from verse 1 okay yeah. um, Colossians 1 mm-hmm. verse 1
0: no, no, no sorry, from verse 10
2: sorry, I'm so sorry from verse 10, okay that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto yeah. all pleasing sorry, Being, no,
0: start from verse 9 I'm so okay.
2: sorry verse 9 for this course we also mm-hmm. since the day we heard it do yeah. not yeah. pray for you and to desire that he might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all mm-hmm. will and spiritual understanding,
0: Yes.
2: he might walk worthy of the now, Lord.
0: Now let, let's just stay there a little. He said
1: that spiritual understanding first. So, Do you get what I'm saying? So repentance,
0: repentance, we always is always bettered from the place of spiritual understanding. So. A man cannot really repent unless an understanding
1: has been fired into the soul. That's so. Understanding must have been fired into the soul for a man
0: to truly, truly repent. Really, really, someone cannot really, really, truly repent unless an understanding has been fired into that soul. And because of that understanding, we will be able to walk worthy. The fruit we'll be bearing is that we'll be walking
1: worthy of every good work so that understanding we yield a walk so
0: repentance really is that you are turning away from a certain walk into another walk that's why it can only be done by, this, by the spirit a man cannot form it There's not, you, it can't be formed repentance cannot be formed you can form it for me but it's not me you are repenting to you are repenting to God and you can't form it for God. It's a discerner of your heart and thoughts, of thoughts and intents. So really, really, we can't really form it. We can't form repentance. But one thing that repentance does is that he said through the understanding that is fired into the soul, something will happen. He said we walk worthy. Let's read verse ten again, please.
2: I am my walk worthy, mm-hmm. God.
0: Unto all pleasing. Unto all pleasing. So the importance is that you will begin to do things that will please
2: God. You see? Let's continue. Being fruitful in every good works. And increasing in the knowledge of God. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might. Strengthened with all might. You see? Continue. According to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering. And and long-suffering. Thank you very much.
1: Praise God. So the end of true repentance
0: is that it will generate another walk. These are the things that, so if we start seeing the advantage of repentance, praise God, by the time we start seeing the advantage of repentance, we'll start realizing that repentance is not really for God. Repentance mm-hmm. is for us. Many times we, we feel like we are doing God a favor by repenting. We are not doing God any favor. I noticed, like, like I was saying last week, there's a doctrine out there right now that says that uh, you, don't, you don't need to repent. Once you commit sin, just move on. You don't need to say, God, I'm sorry. Uh, once, you say, once you you commit a sin, you don't even need to feel bad. If you are feeling bad, then you, you, are, you are in unbelief. No, 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 no. You need to repent. You need to actively Actively in your heart, deny that action. Actively in your heart. In fact, I believe in you. Even doing it verbally is important sometimes. Like doing it verbally and speaking to God. sometimes Or sometimes you might just do it in your heart. Sometimes you want to repent and you, you feel the need to actually voice it out. It's not that you are saying to anybody, you are saying to God. But sometimes you just feel the need to voice it out. Sometimes you feel that way and it's okay. Depending on how the Holy Ghost is laying it on your heart. Do you get So that thing, that thing, and I've heard, I've heard many people that say that thing. I noticed that they're always very lawless. Very lawless because one thing that repentance will do is that increasing in strength. Colossians chapter, chapter 1 verse 10 was saying it, that you will increase in strength. I noticed that people that don't, that don't, that don't repent are weak. They are very weak. They don't know how to turn away from some actions. They find themselves in a, in a circle, of sin, in a sinful circle. They keep going round and round in that circle. When we were on campus, I heard that doctrine, thank God that you never stay in it for too long. And you know, it's our pride that led to that thing, our pride. Because we used to, because we want to, we want to affirm what Christ did on the cross and what Christ has done in our spirit, man without accepting the work that needs to be done. So we want to affirm that I, you see the righteousness lives in me, I'm righteous of God in Christ Jesus, I am this, I am that, I am that, I am this. That's the, the only thing we wanted. We wanted to affirm it without actually recognizing the place of uh, the place of the place where we should understand the fact that the soul still has evil in it that needs to be dealt with. We don't want to accept the state of the soul. We just want to affirm what the spirit man has become. And we, we became so proud that even though things were clear in our eyes, we knew we had infirmities. We knew we had weakness. We knew we were committing sin. But pride inside us somewhere doesn't want to accept it. So we start making unnecessary affirmations. Instead of being humble and accepting our weakness, Thank God, until I came into the world of righteousness. But many of those things died. When, I, when I, God brought me into the world of righteousness, most of them started dying. Because by the time I came into the world of righteousness, I started seeing that, Kyle,
1: there's a major problem here. That truly, truly, there's a problem. With. I have issues. I have issues. I,
0: that, truly, I have seen that I truly have issues. And a time came, not that I started seeing that I have issues. I said are agreeing inside me. I started agreeing and accepting. You know, there's a point where you can start seeing your weakness, but you want to turn your eyes away from it. But a time came, I started agreeing with you that, ah, I have a problem. You see, the, state, well, the point that I started accepting that I have a problem, my, that was where my salvation started from first. That was where my, my salvation started from, that there are issues in me that I need to sit down at God's, at God's feet for it to be dealt with like I need to actually stay at God's feet and he starts dealing with this issue or else we are going to have a problem. There will be an issue. That was when salvation, the Lord started visiting me. The Lord started visiting me. I'm pointing out issues in my life, pointing out weaknesses in my life. So sometimes when we, we sit down with those kind of doctrines, what will happen is that we are going to be in denial. We'll be excusing sin. God, we help us in Jesus' name. So you see, let's quickly open to Luke three eight quickly, please. Luke chapter. Uh, those, I'm going to finish this teaching next week. I can't. I can't finish it today. Uh, we'll finish next week. Like God bless to God, we help us in Jesus' name.
2: Amen.
1: Yeah.
2: Luke chapter three verse eight. Yeah. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance. Bring and forth what? Fruits worthy of repentance. Worthy. Fruits that's
0: worthy of repentance, fruits that show that you have repented. Mm. Mm.
2: Let's read from verse 7, please. From verse 7. Mm. Then said he to the multitudes that came forth to be baptized of him, mm. O generation of vipers, mm-hmm. warned you to flee from the wrath to come.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And begin not to say within yourself. We have Abraham to our father. Mm-hmm. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah.
0: We was talking to Pharisees here. Do you get You We were talking to Pharisees. Is you we Pharisees. A brood of vipers. And so, like, if you are truly repented, I'm not seeing fruits of repentance. But you are claiming Abraham is your father. But you are not behaving like Abraham. And we saw the way Abraham behaved. So he's now saying that they should bring forth fruit of repentance. Let us see the fruits that shows that you have repented. So at the end of the day, true repentance will be seen by fruits, actions, like I said at the beginning. Must, for repentance, there must always be a commensurate action that comes with it. And most of that action will be, will be instructed by the Holy Ghost sometimes there are impressions that don't go to place in our heart. And many times, repentance is very evident. It will be seen by many. Repentance is not hard to see. Then you see somebody that has repented of something, you just notice that the person changed. Even sometimes, you might not know what changed about the person, but you know something has changed. It's always
1: very obvious. Repentance is very obvious. Let's go. Um, I'll just read Acts chapter 26 verse 20
0: again. But show first unto them of Damascus and of Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judah and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God. Repent and what? Turn to God and do works meet for repentance. You see? What this scripture is saying here is that repent and turn. So every single time repentance happens, the next, act- the next, evidence is that a man turns. Another, um, evidence that you have, you have turned is that, is like you is a state of dependence now. When you turn, it's like you now you you, you the, the 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 heart attitude is shifted to God. It's like a dependent attitude. I now said, then he said something he said and do works. That meets for repentance, do works that actually shows that you have repented. So definitely, repentance will definitely was well, always very evident. That's what I'm saying. Repentance is always very evident. It's not hard to see. Sometimes it might take time, it might take time to be seen, but a time will come, it will be very evident. So when people are, when you, we say we have repented and People in our environment are still suspecting us. And they are still suspecting us for so long. And our actions are still not meeting up with our, what we are saying. Uh, oh, I've repented. But the action is not is not still is not commensurate to our repentance. Then we should check ourselves. Don't say people are judging me. After all, I've said, God, forgive me. But they are still judging me. No, it's not hard. It's because the action is not showing that a repentance has happened. If repentance has really happened, it will be seen with commensurate actions. You see, Paul was saying is that those things I, I used to do, I used to I do before, I do them no more. There must be that evidence of I do them no more. It must be there. Praise God. Now, where repentance from dead works is practical practice according to scripture, the fruit will be brought. Will, okay, we've done this. Praise God. So I hope you understand the fact that um, repentance is very evident and it should be, fruits are very, will be very clear. Fruits of repentance will be very clear. It's not hard to see. I've seen people, I've heard testimony before that some people they will just tell me that, ah, this person has changed. Ah, this person has really changed. I know it's because the person has repented. That's why it's so evident. And people are saying that, wow, it's a different person now. She's a different person now. She has changed now. Something has changed about her. I just noticed that she has really changed. Reason is because repentance has happened. Those testimonies have been given because repentance has happened. If repentance has not happened, those testimonies will not follow. Praise Jesus. So you, you see that it always bears a fruit. Repentance from dead works, like remission of sins, is a major theme in Christian faith that ought to be taught in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise God. Now, sometimes, I've seen many times in church that they will say, "Eh, we we don't talk about sin. I understand where they are coming from. I understand where they are coming from. They will say, we don't talk about sin. We only talk about righteousness. We only talk about love. We don't talk about hell. We only talk about heaven.
1: Praise God. I understand where they are coming from, but... Um, repentance, there's a way you talk about sin that will lead to
0: repentance, and there's a way you talk about sin that will lead to condemnation. So it's not that we, don't talk, we shouldn't talk about it. Sin needs to be exposed.
1: Sin actually needs to be exposed. Praise Jesus. The, the, the major essence of the Word of Righteousness is to expose sin. Literally,
0: that's the essence of all of righteousness. Sin to be exposed. So I understand where they are coming from, but repentance is something that needs to be taught continuously in the name of Jesus in the church. Let's open to Acts 20,
1: verse 21. My brother, are you there? Yes, sir. Acts 20. Yes,
2: sir. Thank you, sir. Praise Acts God. 20, 21. Let's do Acts 20, 21. Okay. Testifying both to the Jews. Sorry, from 20, sorry. From verse 20, okay. And how I kept back nothing mm-hmm. that was profitable unto you, but showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Lord Jesus. I know we, we read the scripture last week too. Yes, sir but we can read it again. You see? He started teaching from house to house. And you'll be wondering, every single time you'll be teaching repentance, it's because it's something that needs to be taught. It is necessary to be taught. It's something that is an emphasis, an emphasis in the body. It should be an emphasis in the body. Now, I understand that sometimes there are some areas where there can be excesses around them but it doesn't mean that should now, we should now condemn it completely. Because as we read last week, we said, Paul was saying that, he said, let us therefore go on to perfection. After, he now said, I'm not going back to repentance from dead work, doctrine of laying of our hands, eternal judgment. You know what I'm saying? So what that scripture is actually saying is that the foundation, is not that the Bible, is not that Paul is saying that we should not teach it in church. What he's saying is that before we start emphasizing on perfection, this foundation should have been laid. There's a difference. It's not about that don't teach it. What he's saying is that for a while, this the foundation should have been laid. Then now that the foundation has been laid, let us go on to perfection. Now, he now said, and this we, 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 we will teach if the Lord permits. So you see that it's not it's not condemning it, it's not saying that it should not be taught, it's saying that the foundation should have been laid. Then we can now talk about perfection. Because when the foundation is not being laid, it has not been laid, and we are talking about perfection, there's tendency that we might enter into condemnation. Because when perfection is being taught, sin our sin will be exposed, our infirmities will be exposed, and the approach towards that season should be repentance, not condemnation. So that's the difference there. That that's why we need to actually lay the emphasis of repentance from dead works, And this is something that needs to be taught consistently. In fact, the major, major, major um, apostles' doctrine, this was the major apostles' doctrine then. When the Bible says that they continue in the apostles' doctrine, this was a major emphasis in apostles' doctrine then. Repentance from dead works. And I said last week that um The you know, the scripture is talking about repentance and faith. Do you get what I'm saying? But, um, I was talking about this last week that one of the problems that we are in, we, we have, we have, we Christians have right now is that we understand faith so much and we have let go of repentance from dead works. So, you see, men that can. They can have faith for things, have faith to buy a car, have faith to do many things, but they can still lie and they are comfortable with lying. They They can still engage in drunkenness and be comfortable with drunkenness, but they still have a will. They can pray for four hours just to lay petition before God by faith, and they will get what they want. But when it comes to God addressing issues in them, they don't, the issues are not being addressed because emphasis was now laid on faith without the foundation of repentance from dead work. But what the scripture talks about is that the scripture never said you should just teach faith without teaching repentance from dead work. Everything, faith towards God, repentance from dead work, um, eternal judgment, doctrine of laying of hands, all those doctrines, all of them are meant to be taught at the same time. They are all meant to be taught. Not just that you now really emphasis on faith and not teach repentance. So you, if that is done, you start seeing people that have faith to get things, but are not repenting. Which is actually a very, a very, a very, a very dangerous thing in the body. And I noticed that, like I gave an example of when we were on campus, we were being taught faith, but we are not being taught repentance. So what we're doing is that we're doing stupid things, but we could still have faith to get what we want. So you now notice that we were we we're, were misrepresenting the gospel. We're all misrepresenting the gospel because all we could emphasize on is faith, faith, faith. And we quote scripture like I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus, is and we even went as far as saying it's not me that's it's not it's not me that I'm spirit, it's not my spirit, it's not me that sin, it's my body that's sin. Dangerous things that we used to say then. And by saying that, we are excusing our sins and not repenting of what we are supposed to repent of. But we had faith. We could confess the word and get results. We were good at confession. In fact, there was something that we used to do then. Like, once you dress up for class like this, you are going to be walking to class. You see, from where, once you leave your room and you are walking to class, you are confessing the word Till you enter your class, you are confessing the word. But you will get to class, they will set the exam for you. You will be passing paper and be cheating. We were doing that then. That we'll be writing the exam and we'll be some of them will be passing answers to ourselves. But we could have faith for things and confess the word, but we, we didn't feel bad about cheating in the examination hall. In fact, it was so bad. In fact, God have mercy. There was a day I, I and my HOD sat down beside each other in the and we were distributing answers so I, I would tell each other answers. She was my HOD. I was a, I was a departmental member and we were telling each other answers. And we leave that place and be confessing I'm, I, 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 I've i succeeded. I'm a success in life. I'm a this, I'm a that. But we're passing answers in the examination hall and we're not saying,
1: can you imagine? Dangerous. We're, we're in a very dangerous place. So, these things have to be taught.
0: That it's not only faith alone, but repentance too has to be taught. Praise Mm -hmm. Jesus. So, the emphasis is that this is a Christian major theme in the Christian faith that ought to be taught in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, note, it is good to emphasize that Acts 2021 stresses that we ought to repent towards God. Until we arrive at God, we ought not to stop repenting. Praise God. That means every our entire journey of Christianity, until we embody the divine nature, repentance we always have. That's why the foundation of repentance must have been laid early enough so that when deeper things are being pointed out, the act of repentance will be our approach to those things, not. Not condemnation. Praise God. So he said, repent unto God, towards God. You know, that was as we, every single step towards God is a repentance step. Every single step towards God is a repentance step. So when the revelation of God's word comes, the next thing is repentance. Every single time the revelation of God's word comes, what follows should be repentance. Because what the revelation of God's word exposes our darkness. And once it's exposed, the next thing that happens is that we turn away from our darkness. And that turning away from our darkness is actually the, is actually what brings about salvation, like Second Corinthians 7.10 was talking about. You see, that turning away, that repentance, which is turning away, is salvation. Because we are breaking the bond of darkness. Anytime we turn away from sin, the bond of darkness is broken. And that is salvation. Every single time that happens, we are taking a step further into God. So every single time we the revelation of God's word comes and the Lord begins to counsel us around that revelation of God's word, one thing that is going to end up is that any step we take according to that counsel is a step of repentance. Praise God. We ought not to stop repenting. That is turning our heart towards God.
1: As the revelation of God's word comes forth as the revelation of God's word comes forth yes,
0: God's word God's catalyst for repentance it is good to emphasize and state that the only scriptural catalyst as shown again and again in the Bible for the initiation of repentance in the soul is the word of God Please, you see I'm emphasizing in the soul this emphasis is very strong the reason why this emphasis is very strong is that many times a man can, because of the season he's going through, where God is correcting him and correcting him, he can get to one point and start feeling like, maybe I'm not born again. No, you are born again. If I is only a born-again Christian that can have that experience you're having. It's because you are born again that's why you're having the experience of God constant, constantly correcting you. So, please, don't feel like you're not born again. Because you are in that season where you are receiving constant correction. No, no, no. You are born again. And the is the word of God that can initiate um can initiate repentance in the soul, not in the spirit. Spirit man has been quickened the day you got born again unto repentance. So every time the spirit man is quickened. After the spirit and quickened, the next action that follows is an act of repentance continuously till the day divine nature is formed, repentance will always happen. Praise Jesus. So you see, by God, he said, by the word of God, we mean revelation of Jesus Christ Himself as revealed in the epistles, which are written to the churches. No matter how Heart rending, moving, or passionate, a message might sin, If it is not Christ, it will not work out salvation eventually. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. In so other words, like I said, the revelation of God's word. And any revelation of God's word, we always paint Christ in our eyes. Any revelation of God's word that does not paint Christ is not revelation. There are many things we call revelation that are not revelation. Praise
1: God. I when I was young, there was one of, um, one um, my grandparents believed in uh, this celestial thing. So one prophet came to house and said he saw lizard and tortoise. And he
0: saw a revelation. And what's the revelation? In the wall of our building, he saw lizard and
1: tortoise. And it's because uh, um, some people did some things and some people did that and did this and did this. And
0: all of us, we started panicking in the house. And we started praying, 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 praying. And because our grandfather offended some people, our descendant offended our people, he, oh my
1: God, he pray, 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 pray. That's not revelation. There's revelation. No, that's not revelation. It's not a revelation. Now I'm just, in my, in my mind, I'm just thinking that, ah, kind of
0: nonsense. So we spent time fasting, and after we fasted, they now brought coconuts. They now brought coconuts and told us that for how many days we have to be eating coconuts. After we pray on the coconuts,
1: we have to be eating it. Ah, so suffered. That's not revelation. Praise God. That's not revelation.
0: Revelation, when we talk about revelation, anything, the revelation must be painting Christ in our eyes. Hmm. Revelation must be painting Christ. Anything that is not painting Christ is not revelation. Is not, you know, is not That's not a revelation. Every single revelation, when we say revelation, according to what the epistles, epistle defines, according to what the epistle defines, revelation is Christ
1: being revealed. Christ being revealed. Praise Jesus. That's, the, that's when they say
0: the revealed word of God. Praise Jesus. So you see, um, and you know, sometimes all of us can start, we, we, we start behaving in a certain way. Say, oh, we saw a revelation and it's because we did this. Imagine a hair, another one, one sister like that that dealt with an issue. She was going through an issue in her life. And this sister had done abortion before. And one prophet now told her that what she's going through in her life is because of the abortion she did. Hey, this woman, she did not sleep. She did not wake up. She did not sleep. That the reason why she's going through what she's going through is because she has done abortion. Through. Number one, Satan can review and
1: can review some things about you to somebody. doesn't mean that it's true. So imagine, truly, truly, this sister had done abortion before. Do you get what I'm saying?
0: But what we're doing that the prophet, I don't know, the demon revealed to the prophet that she had done abortion before, because the sister did not tell the man that she had done abortion before. But Satan took advantage of that thing, revealed it to that prophet, and laid condemnation on that sister. Laid serious condemnation on the sister, so much that the sister does not sister, in fact, she was, she was going through a lot.
1: Just one Canadian just one book solve her problem. Just one in book. By the time she finished reading that book. Yeah, thank you very much, our familiar spirit. Yes, thank you. you no, know,
0: family familiar spirit, they review funny things to you. So sometimes when you go to YouTube and some of these men, some of these people are telling you that they know the password to your credit card and they know the password to your phone. What edification is that? That's familiar spirit. Those spirits, they know those things. But the way you will know it is that they don't have any form of edification. There will be, there will be, I haven't heard one recently. They, they were talking on Zoom. They were, it, was a, it was a Zoom meeting. I'm in your room now. There's, there's a table in your room. There's a white shelf in your room. There's a big TV in your room. Uh, on the side of your kitchen, there's one boat today. So, of what of what good is that to me? So, the bottle in my room now—what does it? How does that change my life? Because already, I already know there's a bottle in my room. you don't need to tell me there's a bottle in my room. I know that. You get so at the end of the day, that thing—those are familiar
1: spirits. <laughs> Spiritual beer. <laughs> <laughs> ah, really good. So you see. The familiar we can
0: review those things, so it's like that sister. They laid condemnation on that, that sister. Just, in a book. She just finished reading that book, and by the time she was done, those things left.
1: But before then, condemnation. The condemnation was too strong. The condemnation was too strong. Praise Jesus. So, any revelation that does not paint Christ
0: will not lead to salvation. That's where we are going. And will not lead to repentance. Praise Jesus. Any revelation that is not painting Christ will not lead to repentance and will not lead to salvation. So at the end of the day, the revelation of God's word is a revelation of the person of Christ. And that is what we, because one thing about Christ is that when Christ is painted in our eyes, it begins to um, contradict our formation. And by the time, you know, it contradicts our formation and by the time it contradicts our formation, one thing is that you have to yield to that revelation to overcome or to disengage from the former comfort. So the way you, we put off the old man is by the new man being revealed. Christ is the new man. Anytime the new man is revealed and we yield to the new man, we naturally put off the old man. That's what um, Ephesians was saying in chapter 4. He said, put off the old man concerning the former conversation, and put on the new man. So anytime the new man is revealed like this, naturally the old man will be put off. Anytime we yield to the revelation of the new man, the old man will disengage. Praise Jesus. I will just end here. Then we'll finish next week. By next week, I will finish. Praise Jesus. Ah,
1: regret is not repentance. Now, because we are regretting something, doesn't mean we have repented.
0: Repentance is turning and changing the heart as the light of God's word shines, our hearts revealing our darkness and shortcoming. Satan we always want to make us stay in regret. I regret what I did. And you now stay, we now stay there, stay there, stay there. I regret this. One thing about regret is that regret does not allow us to move forward. So regret will never move, move us into repentance. Now, is it is it that we shouldn't, we should now just say, Oh, everything I did, I don't have any regrets. I'm not saying that we should not, not that we should not say that we don't have any regret, but we don't stay in there. We don't stay there because there are some things that we did that actually brought bad consequence. But we don't stay in regret. We don't stay there. We let it go. Because all things work for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. So repentance is not regret. Repentance is turning and changing of the heart as the light of God will shine in our heart, revealing our darkness and shortcomings. Praise Jesus. So, um, one thing about regret is that regret can actually can foster condemnation. If a man stays there, it will foster condemnation, and the man will now enter into that roller coaster until he's set free, and that is a very dangerous place to be. Very dangerous place to be. So God will help us in Jesus' name. God will help us to repent. God will help us to actually um, engage in godly repentance. God will help us to actually come to that point where we will not deny. You know, there's this point that we can get to that. The Lord will reveal our infirmities to us, but we'll excuse it. Mm-hmm. We would um we will use revelation to cover it up. That's one thing about we
1: revelation people. Sometimes we use revelation to deny our darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't speak evil of somebody. They only go to come and meet you that you are speaking evil. Instead
0: of us to agree that we have spoken evil, we say, no, we are just correcting each other. You know, we have to correct each other. No, no. If Holy Ghost is telling you that you just spoke evil, repent of it. Don't use revelation to excuse it. You should not use revelation to excuse our, our shortcomings. When the Lord is pointing to something, it's not the time to now start using revelation to now start excusing it. Pay attention to it. Let's pay attention to it. Because that thing is salvation. Anytime the Lord opens up our darkness, salvation is about to happen. We should always appreciate those seasons. We should, it should be a season that we truly, truly appreciate. Ah, and God will help us in Jesus' name. God will give us a sincere heart. And we'll approach this season with the heart of repentance. Heavenly Father, King of Glory, we thank you. Let's just begin to thank God for this evening.
2: Jesus. Let's
0: begin to appreciate him. We'll continue next week. Let's begin to thank him. Let's appreciate the Lord. Let's thank him. Let's bless his holy name in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, there's this my, there's this thing we might not might not notice it. You see, when we start um trying to use uh when people are addressing when we when the Lord is pointing out something and um, we start telling him that like, oh that's not the way I, that's not why he did it that's not actually why I did it that's the, the reason why I did this is because he did this. It's because of this. That's not what I meant. This is what I meant. You see, that, that argument with the Spirit is uh, a lack of meekness. Because you don't know, we can't know ourselves more than the way Holy Ghost as, as, uh, knows us.
1: So when the Lord is bringing those things to us, it's not the time to start arguing. He's okay. Just, uh, let us just
0: accept it and move on. Let us accept it. Tell God, God, I'm sorry. How do I go about this? How do I correct this? How do I change the course of this? It's better than trying to, you know, sometimes our ego comes in, in that scene, in that time. Our ego will just come in because we don't have to accept our weakness. We don't, we don't want to change. We don't want to we, we we don't want to agree that we have a shortcoming. We don't want to agree that we are weak. Sometimes some of those corrections can be very shameful, but it's okay. As long as salvation is at the corner, as long as salvation is at the corner, let us be comfortable with correction. Let us be comfortable with rebuke. Let us be comfortable with the Lord painting our weakness before us. And God will help us in Jesus' name. I hope we're blessed today. By next week, we will complete this. God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. And in this season, the Lord will install a heart of repentance in us in Jesus'
1: mighty name. Amen. Amen.